We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. What is up, Green Bay Packers fans? Welcome back to another edition of the Pack a Day podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Morley. You can find me on Twitter at Jacob Morley, and I am joined today by the one and only Trey Watson. Uh, Trey, how are you feeling? Let's let's just start it that way. How are you feeling? Oh man, I'm feeling great. Uh, as a Green Bay Packer fan, and not not a whole lot right now. But hey, other than that, life's good, right? Like that's that's something to hold on to. We gotta yeah, we're we gotta happy, we gotta happy, find some find some positives right now when it comes to the the yeah. football side of things. Well, it's hard and. You know, we were talking pre-show, and I think we need to talk about some of that stuff too. But, like, I think it's it's fair to say this team is bad. This team is bad. It's a bad football team right now. And mm-hmm. there's no two ways about that. You Anyone that has eyes can see that. Um, I, I don't mean to be just super negative. So we'll give you guys kind of like the PG version of what we were saying um, off air. But, Trey, you and I are both guys that have kind of been like, hey, I think Jordan Love can really be a dude. I think he can be a good football player in this league. And right now, I think it's fair to say that both of us are in the camp of, well, you need to win me back. You need to win me back. Because as of right now, 
you know, ex- excuses aside, uh, coaching aside, young players aside, they are all problems. All of it is a problem. Uh, but you're the quarterback. And we've seen guys do more with less. We have. Is Jordan Love still flashing some things that you like to see? Yeah, sure. But I think, I mean, I think Justice Mosqueda tweeted out, and I just, I read it to you earlier. Packers have not had a 300-yard passer since 2021. They're one of two teams to not have a 300-yard passer since 2021. And, and mind you, some of that's on Aaron Rodgers because he didn't do it last year either. Uh, but someone pointed this out to me today, and, and we can, and I want to talk about the plan, the plan going into this season because it was, I think we're seeing it unfold and it was bad. Um, but someone pointed this out. They're like, if you thought, like, why did any of us think that Jordan Love would be able to come in and be better than Aaron Rodgers with some veteran pieces that left going younger on offense? Like, why was that something that we, thought would actually work. And a lot of it was, and I'm guilty of this as much as anyone, a lot of it was having a lot, that faith in Matt LaFleur to to put these guys in spots and to kind of just say, hey, well, they're going to run Matt LaFleur's offense. Turns out Matt LaFleur's offense might stink. And so that's kind of where we are at right now. Um, but let's let's talk about, you know, we don't need to just talk about the quarterback trade. Like let's talk about the plan. You know, this is, this was a team that, you know, they, they're in a financial reset right now. So some of this just had to be this way. There's no two ways about that. It had to be this way. They, they didn't really just have the financial capacity to go out and add veteran players. They had to go young, but to think that they could go young and not look like this, you know, that was, I think that was arrogant. And we talked about this, Trey, in the group chat. Like it's becoming evident and it's easy to sit here and say this. And I don't think I'm smarter than Matt LaFleur. I don't think I know more ball than Matt LaFleur does. But from the outside looking in, to me, it looks like all these young players got to camp and they were slapped, you know, trigonomic, trigonomic, trigonometry textbook, boom, in front of you. And it, it was basically learn this. And they're like, okay. When really they should have gotten to camp and it was like algebra one type stuff. Like I, I just feel like the stuff that they're doing on offense um, is, is maybe too advanced. For, for these young guys to be on the same page. And so the question I have then, you know, and it's a twofold question is why aren't they simplifying it? Can they simplify it? And they just had their bye week So guess what? That was their chance to do it. And they didn't. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Trey, you talked about the identity, you know, of this offense and, and you're someone that's played in that league. How, how can that, I mean, how much does that affect you as a player to go into a game? And I think if these players right now are honest with themselves, they can't be that confident with the game plan. One, because they're young and they, they just don't have anything to lean on 
And two, because it's not working. Week in and week out, it's not working. So, you know, as someone that's played in this league, like, what is your take on that as far as the identity of this football team and kind of what direction they're going in? Yeah, you know, I think, like, when it comes to specifically an offense, right, like, we talk about all these different types of offenses, man, like, West Coast offenses, spread, run and shoot, air raid, all all these terms get thrown out there, and, and you have all these, you know, just different ways that people talk about offensive football. Um, and I think generally you can always associate just something with a team, right? Like you look at the Ravens' new offense. What, what are they trying to do? They're trying to spread guys out, still had add the run game with Lamar Jackson, and then, you know, keep him in the pocket and throw the ball down the field. You have teams that are going to be power run teams. They're going to run 30, 40 times a game. You have Miami and, and San Francisco that are going to run exotic looks every single week. They're going to have guys in positions that just don't, don't normally do. Um, but you know that like that's, that's their identity. I think when it comes to green Bay specifically on offense this year, like you just can't I, – I couldn't give you any one term or description of, you know, what are they? Um, I don't know. You know, obviously the one thing you can say is that they, they planned to be young. They plan to play their young guys. Um, but that's – unfortunately, that's not an identity. That's not a that's not a way to game plan week in and week out and say this is, this is what we're going to be known for. This is what – at the end of the day, if – Hey, the deep passing game isn't working this week. We can stick. We can stick to this. Hey, you know they're they're really you know holding it down on the edges. We can't really you know spread them out and get where we want to go. Uh, we're gonna do this. We don't we don't have anything like that, and we haven't seen any of that. Um, and like you said, when you when you have those young guys, part part of it is is that they have to now understand game planning at an NFL level. So that's coming in. After after a game at the beginning of a, a prep week, and you get you, know, you get a big old book. Hey, this is what we're gonna run this week. This is the looks we're anticipating getting from this team. This is their three game breakdown, their five game breakdown, seven game breakdown, whatever it is. Um, these are their tendencies. These are gonna be our tendency breaker play calls. You have all these different things, um, and right now it just doesn't feel like they have any of that in terms of obviously their game planning. They're doing something. But when you come out and you can't really pinpoint, hey, what what were they trying to do this week? Um, like we couldn't we couldn't say look at a game and say, hey, th- they knew this team's secondary was weak. They tried to push the ball down the field more than normal. Hey, this team's interior run defense is extremely poor. We really tried to run it up the gut on them. The only time I would say there's been remotely anything where I could look at and say this is what they were trying to do a little bit was when they played Oakland or not Oakland, Las Vegas, my bad, the Raiders. They tried to run the ball because uh, the Raiders sat in a bunch of too high and they were basically telling you, hey, we're, we're going to play pass defense and y'all, y'all are going to run the ball. And it worked a little bit, didn't, didn't really work very much. Obviously, it didn't work enough to win. Uh, which is the key at the end of the day. But every other week, you just can't really say this This is what the offense is trying to do. Like, now I don't know, you know, is it you get into the game and, you know, 
obviously they've been extremely slow starting off on offense. Is it, you know, LaFleur and the offense, uh, offensive coaches are saying, hey, man, these dudes can't execute the game plan and it just goes out the window and now we're just trying whatever we can try. Because um, that, that could be part of it, right? Like if, if guys can't execute plays, then – I mean, you don't you, – nothing you can you can call then works, right? Like, I, I did see a couple examples the last couple of weeks on Twitter of the right play was run for the right look, or at least it was called for the right look. And guys are just missing assignments, not, not blocking who they're supposed to block, or just simply losing when there's no justification for them losing on a particular snap. Um, and that's that's part of it too, right? Like, you can't you can't just say – without knowing exactly what the game plan was and what the coaches are calling, you can't just say it, it's all on any one person. Um, but at the end of the day, every, everyone has to be accountable to the fact that the, the team has just not performed well. The offense has lacked any identity, and the defense has worked at times to, to keep them in the game. But at the same time, this, this is the same defense that just yesterday, you know, gave up points in crucial situations, got, got the ball driven down the field. They, they held them to the field goals early which helps. Um, but you let one of the, one of the worst teams in the league essentially do whatever they wanted for, for the vast majority of the game. Um, so, I mean, you're, you're just left with so many questions and there's no answers. Like you said, the bye week is gone. There's no real chance to really hammer out corrections. Half of your team is on the injury report. So you, you can't then rep anything with those guys. Um, so there's really just, so many questions, so little answers, and uh, the, the schedule doesn't get any easier. That is, that, yeah, that, is the that was it, the, the only saving grace they really have is that their schedule is not that hard this year. Mm-hmm. And they, they've got they've got to play the Chiefs, they've got to play the Lions again. Outside of that, in a normal year, you know, the years we're used to, we're looking at the schedule, licking your chops, being like, man, they're gonna lose maybe one more game, mm-hmm. they might not win another game, you know, like that's where we're at and you know the excuse you can you can make all the excuses in the world for jordan love and for the offense and everything and on and honest to god i hope i hope you're right i hope it is just a bunch of bad things that have happened to him and i hope whatever it is that needs to click is going to click and we're going to see this guy that we thought we had but right now it's not there And, and the identity thing is is what we keep coming back to and you're you hit the nail on the head. Like, what is this team trying to accomplish? Do you know your personnel? That's scary that it seems like you don't. They mentioned this last week going, you know, they mentioned going into the bye week about stealing stuff from the Dolphins. Like, oh, man, we're going to do some of that Dolphins type stuff. That's cool. That's great. But what do you do well? Why don't you know what you do well? Why do you have to steal stuff from someone else? And I, I, I get it. It's a copycat league. That's not a bad thing. Inherently, it's not bad to go steal stuff from other people. But be good at the simple things first. You know, what can you go to and know that you're going to do well? And that's that's my whole thing with this group is let's simplify it and let's get really good at X, Y, Z and go from there. I just feel like th- this it, this whole offense was drinking from a fire hose at the beginning of the season, and that's kind of why it looks disjointed. I mean, it for lack of better terms, like they're just throwing you-know-what against the wall and seeing what sticks, and so far mm-hmm. nothing has. And so how is that your plan? 
And that's that's the arrogance of it to me. And maybe maybe I'm being too harsh about it because my mind does keep going back to Matt LaFleur talking about being patient with Jordan Love, which seemed odd at the time when he talked about that. I think it was at the NFL coaches meeting. Uh, they talk, he's like, you know, we're going to have to be patient with him. He's not Aaron Rodgers or whatever he said. That's kind of a weird thing for a coach to say <laughs> about your quarterback mm-hmm. when everyone else is gassing him up. You don't have to say anything. You just be like, oh, we're, ex- we're excited about him. We're, yeah, we're excited about him. But to say be patient, like you're looking back at that now thinking like, was Matt really just trying to tell us we're going to suck? Because that's kind of what it feels like. Did he just kind of know at the time? He's like, it ain't going to be very good this year, guys. And that's kind of that's kind of the – this is the tinfoil hat theory, right, is were the Packers really that in on Jordan Love? Because even if they weren't, they had – like Rodgers was not coming back to this team regardless. Like that ship had sailed. Financially, it made zero sense for him to come back uh, to a team that missed the playoffs with him in a team that they had to gut a lot of their veterans. So is it just kind of one of those things where the Packers were like, well, we've got Jordan Love. Let's might as well see what he is. We don't know how good we're going to be. Might as well see. They might've thought he was going to stink. And again, that's, that's conspiracy tinfoil has stuff. Cause I do, I mean, the, the, the few sources that I do have and by sources, I mean, I'm doing air quotes. They've been, they were excited about Jordan Love. Like that is what I had, had heard for the last two and a half years, really. Cause after his first year, I don't know what they really thought about him. And then I know years two and three, they, they started to get a little bit more excited about with his development. And I think they were very ready to give him the keys, but it's just kind of where we're at. And I think what needs to be discussed right now is we talked about, you know, before the year, what does Matt LaFleur's job security look like? And if you would have asked me seven weeks ago, I would have said he's safe. Like regardless of what happens this year, I think he's safe. I think even on this very podcast I had mentioned, he would have to be really, really bad. And it would have to be really, really bad for him to have any concerns with his job. Well, Trey, here we are seven weeks in and guess what? It's been really, really bad. Uh, where are you with all that as far as, you know, and we're not here to call for people's jobs or anything like that, but this is the NFL. And I think it's fair to question is Matt LaFleur the right guy for the job? Yeah, I think, you know, obviously from a, from a business perspective, um, you're always trying to figure out what, what is keeping you from winning. Um, And that's, you know, uh, that's Coach LaFleur's job. That's that's Gutekunst's job. That's Mark, Mark Murphy and and everyone who who's in the Green Bay organization, right? They're they're constantly having to evaluate. All right, what what is it that is keeping us right now from winning? It, you know, so you know, I would say like uh, um, there's there's got to be some kind of measuring stick, right? That says okay. Gutekun sat down and said, all right, this is the roster I've put together. This is what I project if maximized, this roster can achieve. This is what if they just do half of what they need to do, this could achieve. And this is our floor. And, you know, typically when you have a lot of success as a coach, especially early on somewhere, 
you can you can buy yourself a lot of time. Um, so hey, you know, did potentially that happen? And and no matter what happens, Coach LaFour is gonna be around a while. Yes, there's there's that piece of it as well. But there's also that piece of it is is there a, a secondary floor where you say, okay, they were this much worse than I projected we ever could be based on where I see we're at. And obviously GM's first and only job is to evaluate and bring in talent and know his own talent. Um, If you underperform even what you possibly could by a big margin, then you say, okay, now is, is that the first thing that needs to be addressed and everything else comes after. Right. Cause I mean, yeah, you say you say the roster is young, but hey, if if I thought the roster could win six games and you win two, that's that's a big difference. That's that's a huge difference. Um, and now now you know someone else has to answer to that. Um, so that that's the reality of the business. And also, I think another thing that everyone in the building kind of has to just look at themselves and say, what happened? Um, as as tight lipped as Green Bay Packers training camp is, without having video and all that stuff. What was the stuff that was getting leaked out all camp? Um, deep balls left and right to Christian and Romeo Dobbs, Jaden breaking out wide open in two minute drill, and Jordan hitting these incredible 40, 50, 60 yard throws on the run, and you know, beating the Patriots on a on a 60 yard crosser for a touchdown. We haven't seen a single one of those plays. Um so where does that fall? Like who, who is, are you just not running those plays that work so well in training camp? I mean, they, they worked well against the Patriots are, are, are not your own defense. Um, and your own defense has, has played better than maybe most people thought they would at, you know, to start the season. So where, where has that been and who, who does that fall on? Right. Because I mean, that, that part of their, their offense has been non-existent and that was what, had guys like you and I and everyone else who's, you know, following Jordan Love and his offense excited, right? Like, dang, they, they might really continue just just jump into it and be explosive and you have speed and you have all these different things. Guys can go get the ball. Um, and it's like that vanished into thin air when training camp ended. Like, did, did Christian hurt his hamstring, at, you know, in that little week between the preseason and the regular season and, and that just vanished from the offense? Like, I mean, the question is just what happened? Right. Yeah. And is it just the youth? Is it just them figuring out how to win? Because things are all honky-dory in training camp when you're being able to do that stuff. But it's it's a different beast on Sundays. And do are they just learning how to raise their game? Will they ever learn how to do it? I mean, that's part of being an NFL starter week in and week out, like being just a cut a cut above the rest. And how do you do that? And who's there showing them how to do that if it's not the coaching staff? I mean, the coaching staff for me is, I think there's a lot of questions you can have about what's going on in Green Bay. Um, From the medical staff down, it just seems like they're mishandling a lot of different things. It it seems like these guys are not prepared every week. It seems like they are not doing great Monday through Saturday. Like I tweeted today, I don't think, I don't necessarily think they're missing Aaron Rodgers on Sundays because truth be told, he wasn't that good either. Was he playing better last year than Jordan Love is right now? 
I think so, but not enough to make the playoffs. I think where they're missing Aaron Rodgers is Monday through Saturday, like in those QB meeting rooms, in the offensive, like when you're putting together a game plan, you know, you're missing a guy that has played almost 20 years in the NFL at a high level. You know, he's seen it all. And you go to a guy that's in his first year as a starter in Jordan Love. He's just not, it's not, it's not the same at all. He, you know, you ask Jordan, what do you like this week? I don't know. <laughs> you know, like I don't, mm-hmm. you ask Aaron that question, he's going to write you a book. And so, you know, I'm not in those rooms. I don't know, but I can only imagine that that is kind of what is going on. And the thing with Matt LaFleur, and I think this is where this is where I'm at with Matt LaFleur right now. I think Matt LaFleur is is a really smart football mind. I think Matt LaFleur was the coach to bring in for Aaron Rodgers. I think he is. I don't want to say passive enough, but he kind of is. He's kind of a passive, passive enough of a personality to be able to coexist with 12 that when 12 wanted to get his way on something, he wasn't get LaFleur wasn't going to make it about him. Um, he's an egoless type guy. That's kind of his thing. And that marriage worked really well with Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur because he was really able to bridge that gap with 12 and he was really able to kind of go about his business in a way that wasn't going to upset the apple cart but still put this offense in a position to score a lot of points. And they did. But is it fair to question if he is the coach for this team? I think it is at this point. Now, that is not me saying fire him in the middle of the year. That's not what I'm saying. But I think you have to start asking those questions. Is he the guy that you think can figure this out with this young team and turn things around down the stretch? The good news for Matt LaFleur is he's going to, we're fixing to find out. I think he's got he's got a chance to show us at the end of the year. If this thing just keeps kind of going the way it has been, I think you really have to question that. I think you really have to look in the mirror if you're Matt, if you're Mark Murphy, and say, "Is this the guy that we want leading our team?" Because guess what? This is his quarterback. This is who he handpicked. There are you go look it up. Go look at Matt Lafleur fist pumping when they drafted Jordan Love in 2019. That was his dude. So. Ask those questions. I think it's fair at this point. Um, I hope I'm wrong. Like, I hope I'm wrong about all this. I, I hope they don't lose a game for the rest of the year. I hope the the, the switch flips and they just freaking roll. That'd be great. I don't see that happening. The other thing, when you talk about this staff, too, is you look at Gutenkunst. And I, someone put it really well today. They're like, they in a DM, they're like, I think Goody is a really good collector of talent, but I'm not sure how good of a team builder he is. And I think, Trey, that kind of goes with the whole what is their identity. When you're going out and, and drafting you know, players that you think are good players, that's awesome. And I think he's really good at that. But is he drafting good players that he that the team thinks they will be able to utilize? Mm-hmm. And, and to that, I have questions, too. Because, like, Rashawn, Rashawn Gary is such a good prime example of this. Like, Rashawn Gary is one of the best edge rushers in the NFL right now. But the way the NFL is set up, it doesn't make a lot of – like, you need to maximize rookie contracts. Like, you want to get a rookie in there that's good. When, that's the dream, right, is good week one, week or week one, week one, season one, and season two, they take off. And then you're thinking, okay – We've got two to three years left of team control on this guy at mm-hmm. a cheap on a, on a cheap contract instead of, you know, Rashawn. 
is a guy that like he really came into his own his third year. And you've already so now you've got two years left of team control, and then you have to pay him. I mean, it's good having good players is good. Like, don't get me wrong, just develop your players. But I think they need to look at how they're doing this and say, like, why don't we just draft the guy that's we think is going to be good from Jump Street? Because honestly, at this point, we're not good enough as a team to wait for three years for a guy to develop. We need him, mm-hmm. and like Van Ness. I think Van Ness is going to be a really, really good football player. But they need it. They need him now. Like, yeah, they need him yesterday to be a good football player, and and that's tough. So that's just kind of where I'm at with everything on this team. There are there are more questions than answers for this football team, and I know a lot of the Packers podcasts sound the same right now because a lot of us are just kind of. Shrugging our shoulders, like what's going on? Is this okay? And then you've got the, you've also got the optimist. And I don't, and I, and I naturally, I'm a natural believer. Like I am naturally going to look at something and be like, they're going to figure it out. It's going to be okay. And the one thing that I keep clinging on to is something I've said all year is like, this is a group you really need to judge the last eight to six weeks down the stretch because we've seen it before. Teams, all of a sudden, something just clicks. They find an identity. They find something that starts working for them, and they start building from there. I think at this point, Trey, like, that's what you're hoping for. Unless you're hoping for a top two draft pick so you can take Drake May or Caleb Williams. That's the <laughs> other thing you could be, that's the other thing you could be hoping for. So, yeah. um, I mean, where are you at with this, with, with the coaching staff and, and just kind of, just kind of just like parlay everything I just said with, how they do things in green Bay. Like, is it time to maybe reconsider how they do things? And I know at the NFL level, they do, they always look at that stuff, but is it time in green Bay to kind of start looking at, do we need to do some philosophical changes around here? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, Packer fans? It is time 
that you make Little Caesars, which is the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, part of your game day routine. If you guys know anything about me whatsoever, you know that I love pizza, that every time the Packers win, I have a victory pizza. And what you should also know is that victory pizza is from Little Caesars. I This is no joke. Little Caesars, by far and away, my favorite pizza. What you can do is you can order online during their Pizza Pizza pregame, one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs, plus all day on Sunday. And then you can get ready for football and fun Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza. Pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you win. For me, I have the same order every single time. I'm going with their hot and ready pizza, pepperoni, no questions about it. And more importantly than anything else, always, 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 always get the crazy bread. It is, in my opinion, the best food that you can get on the market. I'm not joking. I love Crazy Bread, love, love, love Crazy Bread. Get it every single time. You win when you get Crazy Bread. And speaking of winning, Literally everyone scores with convenient delivery or their in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends, enjoy a few slices during the game, and always get your victory pizza from Little Caesars. You won't regret it. Pizza, pizza. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? In college, I personally dealt with an addiction that was tough to get over. And while my mind kept telling me to do the right things and I wanted to do the right things, it was always hard trying to make the right choices in real time. What I eventually found out was that therapy can help you figure out what's holding you back and how to work for yourself instead of against yourself. Therapy has helped me with my past struggles and helped make me a better person today for my friends and my family. Therapy has helped me learn my trigger points, my destructive habits, and what positive steps to take to ensure that those negative behaviors turn into positive ones. If you're even thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be catered to your schedule, and flexible to your individual needs. The best part is that BetterHelp is so easy to sign up for. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time time for no additional charge. Make your brain your best friend with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash packaday to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash packaday. It's finally football season, which means it's also finally daily fantasy football season. And while I get excited to play daily fantasy every year around this time, I'm even more excited this year because I'll be using prize picks for all my daily fantasy selections. Prize picks is really simple to play. You can make picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. Even better, they offer ultra quick withdrawals to make all your transactions super fast and easy. Also keep an eye out for weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts. My favorite, Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, prize picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. Before football season ramps up, I've been using prize picks for my MLB and college football picks as I prep for a season of winning in daily fantasy football. The experience has been amazing and it's increased my daily enjoyment of watching Brewers and Badger games. Now, it's time to get some Jordan Love entries in prior to this weekend's game. The great thing for me is that they offer Apple Pay, which makes depositing money into my account so incredibly easy. So what are you waiting for? Join me on Prize Picks by going to prizepickscom packaday and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepickscom packaday using code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Yeah, you know, I think... <clears throat> I think I said this. I don't remember what week I said it, but I'm pretty sure I said something to this extent. Um, when you have a, a team that doesn't have really any veterans of, you know, any like, I mean, there, there's nobody on the team that's on their second, third contract that the whole team just looks to and says, that's that guy. I can't, I can't really think of anyone. Um, 
this team's just too young. But when you have young teams um, who don't have anyone within themselves to to look to, that's when that's when coaches make their money, right? That's when you earn that title of I'm a I'm a coach who can get something out of guys that it, it was down deep in there, and I went and pulled it out, um, and and now look at look at how great they look. Um, and our, now our team is winning because of it with a team that, you know, you said was young. Um, and we, we just haven't seen that part so far. Um, this would, this would probably be, probably be characterized as the, the prototype young inexperienced team, um, pre-snap penalties can't, can't get in and out of, of crucial, crucial situations, um, not not able to execute in, in in moments where you need to be able to get them done. Uh, a lot of mental lapses and, and things just consistently not going right. Um, that you would all you would all chalk that up to that's that's what young guys do. Guys, you know, don't don't remember their routes consistently, and and now you got guys lining up in the same spots, and now the coach is frustrated at this receiver. He's frustrated at the quarterback for not not getting them out of that check or whatever the case may be. Um, that's coaching. That's, that's what you get paid to do, right. Is to maximize what you have. Um, so when it comes to the staff, like that's, that's your job. That's, that's what, that's what you get paid to do. You you have to figure out a way to get something out of them. Um, and then at the same time, like you, like you were kind of discussing, um, especially, and this is just my opinion, you know, I don't, I don't know if it works for everyone. It obviously doesn't, you know, Everyone has their own way of doing things. But if I'm picking in the first round, particularly in the top 20 picks, you got to help me today. Like, you got to help me. The the moment you put my jersey on, you're making a difference for my team. Um, unless you're talking about I have two Pro Bowl edge rushers, but the guy is who's available is literally like, the can't miss talent of the next 20 years, Nick Bosa, Micah Parsons type, you know what I mean? One of those guys, and you're not just going to tell me that those guys happen all the time. Cause they don't, um, unless you're in one of those situations, you got to get a guy who can help you right now with your first round pick. Cause you, you got to see some return on that. Like you said, second contracts, a lot of guys tend to move on. Um, it, it costs too much money especially when it comes to quarterbacks, you know, all, what have all the top teams done the, the, how, the last however many years? You get quarterbacks on rookie deals who are playing well, you compete. Joe Burrow with the Bengals. Early on, Patrick Mahomes with the Chiefs. You can have an insane team around a young quarterback on a rookie deal. Um, everyone knows that. That's what that's what your goal is. Obviously, that with Jordan was never going to happen, um, and they should have known that coming in when they – didn't they trade picks to, to get Jordan where they got him? Um, so, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's a completely different route than most people are probably taking for that kind of situation to be in at that point in time. Um, so you, you do have to look at your strategy, right? Like I know the Raiders just historically have always been like, man, they're going to get the biggest, fastest, strongest guy. Like that's just a Raider thing. They're going to get the guy who looks like a robot. I think they did that this year with Tyree Wilson. I think he hasn't made a notable play all season so far. No, no offense to him, but that's just something that typically happens with the Raiders. They get these guys who are really fast, but can't catch the ball if they play receiver. Can't cover if they play DB. Get the biggest, strongest quarterback ever. Uh, he doesn't 
even care to play football very much. So wait, so you just it's hilarious because you just said that and three names came to mind. Like Tyree Wilson, obviously, Darius Hayward Bay, mm-hmm. fast guy, couldn't catch. Fabian Washington, corner, fast, couldn't play, and biggest, fastest, or biggest, strongest guy, Jamarcus Russell. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I, I mean, it's because you're hitting the nail on absolutely on the head, and yeah. so I'm just like, man, you're saying these things, and like, boom, there's are those, there are those guys. Yeah, but like, like, it's just that's an unfortunate reality of the awe of a prospect, right? Like. I need a football player who can make football plays for me right now. Um, and like you said, I think Lucas Lucas Van Ness was, was a, a good-looking prospect. Like, dude is massive and can do things that are not, not a lot of humans can do. Unfortunately, you, you knew he was never going to do the things you were going to ask him to do better than Rashawn, the guy you had in waiting and starting on your team. You have a veteran in Preston who you knew he wasn't really going to play over. So at best, that makes him – probably your third option to to start like to even get it to get in the game um and that's that's not ideal for a guy I mean, what was he picked like 15th um 13th oh yeah even higher so like just in in my opinion if i'm picking in those spots i want to get somebody who can help me right now i don't care if it's a if it's a left tackle get the left tackle if it's a receiver hey Get the dang receiver who we can get the ball to. And if you truly, truly feel like something like that as your best option, then in my case, that's where you trade back and get more value and put yourself in a position to get the guy who you value the most at a position that can help you right then and there. Um, because otherwise, you're you're what are you stashing? You know, you're stashing guys away for the eventual time that you might need them while your team loses more and more. Um I don't want I don't want to keep running along with that because I mean you could go on all day. That's yeah. I want well, to win. Easy. I want to it's, I want to build guys to win. We are in, but we are in second guessing mode. Like that's just where we're at. Mm-hmm. You and that's and like people like no, people might be like, oh, this is such a negative podcast today. And it, it kind of is, but like, did you have you watched the games? I mean, what what you positive know? are we are we supposed to really talk about? Like right. We don't have uh, anything. Um Don Travion Wicks has got a really good arm. Yeah, yeah. The trick play looks cool. <laughs> but like, hey, could can can my can my trick play at least get us a touchdown? And and no offense to Wicks. Wicks is a great player, but while we're on the topic, at least he, so far he he's looked like you're getting a lot of value for that pick at yep. the very least. Um, but man, you drafted you drafted a guy a couple rounds before that named Jaden Reed, who's a lot faster and I would say is more dynamic with the ball. You drafted a guy the year before, about the same time you drafted Jaden, who's a lot faster, a lot more explosive with the ball, and you're running jet sweeps and reverses to probably the fourth or fifth best ball carrier you got. Yeah. Now I don't I don't know if that's like a continuation of the trolling of giving Alan Lazard jet sweeps. And no offense Number to Alan, I think Number he's thirteen. A, yeah, 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 yeah. It's the just, 13. That's all it is. 13, they they 13, love giving those to number 13. 13 has to get the ball on a jet sweep or a reverse every season. I just don't know what it is. But, like, man, like, if, if I'm picking – and this is going to sound ridiculous, but if I'm picking plays on Madden and I pick a random team and I see I got one guy who's going to get the reverse on one side 
and he's a not not necessarily the type. Of, I got the other guy sitting right over here. Who, hey man, that, that that guy that guy ran four two. That guy looks really good with the ball in his hands. I'm just gonna run the play the other way. I'm gonna f- make sure that that play. If I want to run that play so bad, I'm going to run that play with the best option to make the play successful. Like that's that's just a basic thing. I just don't see how you're getting the most out of that snap doing that. Well, and two and you're things. Certainly, you're not getting it, it with the with the guy blocking either. Like, no, no offense. That's and you're getting me off on subjects that like one. I don't care if a wide receiver can block, and the Packers. I mean, it's it's good. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, that's cool if that's a trait you have and you can get downfield and block. Like, that's awesome. But why is that something that's put so much emphasis on in this offense? Like, is Jamar Chase blocking guys? Or is he, you know, is Jamar Chase digging out an outside linebacker on a run play? Or is he running past your corners on the way to the end zone? Like, give me the guy in the end zone, right? So, like, that's a a schematic thing that I'm just kind of like, okay, like, just give me the guy that can get open. But with Wicks, too, it's like, I love Dontavion. I love him. He's going to be, I think he's going to be an awesome player, but, and I'm not comparing him to Devontae Adams, but when Devontae's on the team, He's not someone you give an end around to. That's just not his game. And so, like, that's the the issue within all of that as well is, like, are we putting our players in positions to be successful? Because you just mentioned two guys that I would like to see them get uh, the reverse on that more. Uh, we saw it with Christian two weeks ago, and the defense read their mail, and they saw they knew it was – and that's that's another issue is why does every defense seem to be so well prepped for this offense? You know, you watch every other team in the league and they get these end around plays. They get open looks and the Packers just seem to really struggle with that. Um, So that's another thing. And then the last thing is sometimes the most obvious call is still the right one. Like give the ball to your athletes. You don't need to be tricky. You don't always need to be tricky in this game. And that goes back to let's get really good at some simple things because we're not, you know, anyone that's played football, anyone that's watched football or followed this sport is it's cool to trick people. It is. That's great. That's fine and dandy to have some of those plays in there where you're getting the defense to look silly because you did something, but that's not football. Like it's not about tricking people. It's about imposing your will on people and saying, we're going to run this play 12 times today stop it and we don't think you can because we're going to execute it so well like I want plays and and I'm sure this isn't something that Matt LaFleur doesn't think about too but I want plays that they don't have to necessarily even be in the right look they just say if we execute this the way we want it executed it's going to be a positive play for us and that might be a four-yard game right like a four-yard carry that's a positive play I'm not Mm -hmm. talking about hitting 80-yard touchdowns. I'm not talking about, you know, the razzle-dazzle stuff. I'm just talking about, you know, in-rhythm football where you can build, you know, complementary things where it's not 39 every other other third down, it seems like. So, I don't know, Trey. we got to save some of this because, unfortunately, if things don't get better, we've got to do this 11 more times. (laughs) So, uh, there are things to be said, uh, to say the least. Before we get going – uh, Dorf will be happy that we do this because I never do, but 
Who you got next week? We got the Vikings coming to Green Bay. They're uh, the Packers are minus one favorites right now against this Minnesota Vikings team, who is currently up ten to nothing on the 49ers. Uh, oh, Niners are about to score. But in any case, what's your confidence level going into Minnesota? Do you think the Packers can get a win, or are you picking the Vikings? Man, I would I would have said before this uh, this game started, I would have said, "Hey, I'm I'm gonna hold out some hope." Um, but them being up ten nothing on on arguably the best team in the league, uh, and for sure one of the best defenses in the league, and them being able to hold this offense to potentially at the most one score in the first half. We haven't scored in the first half in what three weeks? I don't think, or some something close not, to that not sort. A touch, not a touchdown. Yeah, I, I mean, I, honestly, right now, I, I'd say the confidence is pretty low, um, because it, it just seems like the Vikings are going to figure it out. Also, you know, not to be funny, but Kirk Cousins not in prime time. Um, he can light it up. Um, yep. and with all the with all the guys we have down, and um, sounds has. like yeah, sounds like Savage is going to be out a while. Um, you know, so much for Stokes coming back and and building up. He's he's probably going to be out at least this week. Uh, you know who who knows who who else will be out. Don't know if Christian and Luke will be able to play. Um, man, I don't know. It it could it could very well be a an unfortunate day for. For Green Bay once again, I, I hope not. I don't. I don't like being that guy. But right now, there's not a lot pointing to to a successful uh, day next week. I, I hope they they prove me wrong and and Jordan finally passes for 350 and Christian plays and he goes off and Jaden Reed goes off and the running game gets going. But I'm not too confident in that one. No, I'm with you. And I've been positive. I think I picked the Packers every time we've done this. And I'm not. And so they'll probably win. But it's, yeah, Kirk Cousins, you talk about him lighting it up. And he has against the Packers. Like, that's – Packers fans love to dump on Kirk Cousins. But go look at his numbers against your team. He's been really good. So, yeah. uh, and mind you, Kirk Cousins is arguably the best quarterback they'll play so far this year. I mean, yeah, Jared Goff probably better. And they what happened in that game. So, uh, that's the other end of the stick is they have not really played good teams, and they're two and four. So uh, we will see the Vikings are not a good team either. So I got them I got them winning the game. And uh, I, I would imagine just based off of what we've seen, it's going to be uh, hard to watch. And we'll probably be back here next Monday talking about that. So hope we are wrong. Hope we can have a victory Tuesday next week. But uh, – we shall see. My confidence is shook. Um, but anyways, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, catch us here again next week. Uh, but uh, until then, go back out. All right. <laughs>